0: Hello everyone, and welcome to another edition of Learn From Gaming Podcast. Thank you for joining us as we dig into our favorite games and discuss what we learn from them, and just why we like them. If you can't tell, my name is Jay <laughs> Strollenberg, and I have got a cold... <laughs> <laughs> but it is episode 23 and we're coming at you on the 8th 2018 sorry i just like i, I started talking and i'm like holy shit i don't sound like myself you I got... sound like myself if you kicked me in the throat um I, it... so yeah i do have a little bit of a cold it's like the ass end of the cold that never went away for the last month oh. or th- three so yeah, yeah. good stuff um, good stuff And, uh, the the other voice you're hearing is, of course, our, our (laughs) Alestri's
1: co-host, Stu Gritter, Mm. who doesn't get as sick as me ever, but Uh, I think it's because he doesn't have a child. uh, That could be a part of it, yeah. I just, I just really like how you got through about four words before you started to (laughs) laugh. Like, like you were suddenly surprised by your own voice. It's just magical. Um, I don't listen to myself often, and I spend a lot of time
0: alone, so, (laughs) (laughs) yeah, it was a bit surprising. Um... Alright, well, uh, yeah, so for anybody who's showing up who has absolutely no idea what we do, uh, here at Learn From Gaming Podcast, aside from doing a critical analysis of our own voices, um, we also like to take the time to look into our favorite hobby, which is video gaming, and just try to find some of the intrinsic educational value in, in either video games or board games or tabletop games. I mean, it depends on the day, and uh, really it is kind of a flavor of the week thing now. But, um, but what we're looking for, and I mean, it isn't just reading and, and spelling and arithmetic, um, I, although that stuff does come up. Uh, geography also comes up quite a lot, which is pretty interesting. But um, we're looking for like the life-shaping stuff. Too, and um, I'm I'm thinking like today we might hit a little bit more of it uh, than maybe some of our previous episodes but uh, yeah that's that's what that's what we're really going for is like this is a hobby we spend a lot of time doing it and I think some people if they would be a little more introspective might be really surprised exactly what it is um, that that engaging with this stuff actually does to them and uh, what they take away from it so Stu, before we jump into what we learned this month uh see what i did uh because it hasn't been a week uh (laughs) what we learned this month uh did you want to say anything
1: uh just before we jump into that section um i've got nothing to tout off the top Okay, you know what? I always give you the chance. One of these days I'll surprise you.
0: Yeah, you never know. Okay, so we're going to jump right into the next section, which is what we learned this month. So this is the segment of the show where we discuss things that we learned about gaming. Um, so, Stu, you and I love tech, and we love gaming news. So if you, the audience, ever have any news or tech updates that you want us to hear or to hear us discuss, just email us at learnfromgamingpodcast at gmail.com. That's learnfromgamingpodcast at gmail dot com. So, um, Stu, did you learn anything
1: about gaming? Ooh, you know, pro- probably, probably not. I read some things here and there. I that forgot. I forgot most of them.
0: is learning. Okay. Uh, yeah. No, that's
1: fair. Yeah. Um, I I did. Uh, I was curious. There have been a couple articles. I'm looking at one right now. On Ars Technica, that is um, deals with Steam's publication policies, and um, uh, lately a lot of people have been th- there's been like many ripples about Valve putting out like allowing a lot of shovelware to get through. Um, yeah, and that, it's, I mean that's it's,
0: a fair criticism.
1: Yeah, and and to be fair, it's a really hard thing to monitor, and blah 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 blah. But it's uh, it's just it's good to see that it's something that's starting to wave through the more uh, official areas of, of game um, yeah, media it, rather than just, like, forum posts and Reddit posts complaining about it.
0: Have you, like, have you ever had shovelware show up in your store feed? Because, uh, like, the store is basically curated to your interests
1: now, right? Like it, Yes, and I, th- it I think based I have on, uh, keywords. Yeah. I th- I think I think I have there I've definitely had things in my show up in my Steam store that I never in a million years would look at <laughs> ever 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 which could sometimes be good if they were good
0: games but um, I've noticed that there is a lot of stuff that just sort of shows up that I'm like oh and then you oh, look at it wow. and you're like no yeah no 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 yeah 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 um. Yeah. And I mean that for that I think that that store might get. I mean, it's built on browsing history, of course, and by browsing history, I mean Steam Store browsing history. But it's also built on your wish list, if you have it. Um, at least that's my understanding
1: of it. And I've got actually a pretty big wish list. That, okay, that's fair. <laughs> Wait, I guess uh, along with the Technica game, there was an article I read earlier that kind of brought this to my attention more there's a game on steam right now called asset flip simulator and if you buy it like there's nothing in the game and all of the dlc is just assets that people have stripped out of other games or donations to the dev like it's 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 almost like somebody made it strictly as a parody for this garbage like it oh oh it's hysterically bad um, wow. yeah, so, I don't know, maybe something good will come out of that, I mean, I don't know how many people actually bought it, if you take a look at it, like, the Steam page is hilariously awful, so, yeah. it's there, um, uh, I heard it's a that thing. Valve, um,
0: didn't so much acquire and this is like uh, this is only because i listened to way too many hipster podcasts uh valve didn't so much acquire as uh and i'm gonna just check this before i actually say it but i think they they bought campo santo Campo Santo. i have have no no idea uh they're responsible for firewatch and a bunch of other stuff
1: oh okay
0: Yep, um, yeah, Valve acquires uh Firewatch developer Campo Santo. Um so uh, responsible for a lot of um l- for lack of a better uh descriptor. Um uh walking simulator. Uh that's kind of what uh, Firewatch was. I didn't play it. I've had people tell me that it's a great experience. I'm trying to think of what else Campo Santo has done. I hear they uh, they're working on Valley of the Gods or in the Valley of the Gods, which uh, is Oh, uh, okay their new game coming out um but uh yeah in in hipster circles that's kind of a big deal so um it's interesting uh, it's the mm. first time that i can remember in the last decade that valve did that aside from well no i feel like they just sort of acquired the talent for Dota 2 right they just sort of brought the talent in they didn't bring an entire studio
1: in yeah and that i think it's it's unusual that they scooped up the firewatch team Like, if if you're familiar with that game, Valve hasn't done anything too similar to that in a long time. Well, I think financially they're in a
0: situation where they can now just give... Yeah,
1: they can give those studios that take
0: chances and do stuff that's out there. Like, they can give them the chance. Well, they've always... Um,
1: Historically, they've done that a lot.
0: Yeah. Yes, in the games that they have released, 100%. And, I mean, if you look at their track record four games that they released um a lot of them have been like modded versions of
1: (laughs) of anything (laughs) uh, yeah
0: yeah um but so it was really just like out there versions of their own uh, material but now they're bringing in i i think they feel secure enough in their finances that they can allow these smaller companies to uh take the chances and not worry about folding um, which seems altruistic, but let's be honest, this is a it's a parasitic relationship. Yeah, they make right? a better money off of that too. Um, and yeah, so when when those off the wall hits actually hit, <laughs> um it's it's a really good thing. If they flounder then I mean, um Valve can recoup the loss and I we don't know what Campo Santo uh spends to make a game um but uh, if i had to guess it's it's not as big as your regular triple a right even though they do produce some very good uh some high quality material um some beautiful games um something tells me it's not the the same price tag as a triple a yeah so um yeah not as much of a gamble but sort of an interesting move for valve um um. Yeah. So that I just I completely forgot about that. I'll try and post some of that in uh, in the show notes later. But as soon as you started talking about Steam, I started thinking about Valve. And I started thinking <laughs> yeah. about that because I was like, Valve is acquiring game companies. Um, I mean, I'm not expecting them to be the next Act- Activision.
1: Um, but uh, <laughs> no, not not yet. Yeah. Well, um, I'll 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 put a link. I'll send you the link too for the the show notes for Asset Flip Simulator because it's it's worth looking at. Okay. Cool. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I'll uh
0: <laughs> I'll keep that in mind. Uh did you have anything else that I think is it for me? Okay. Well, yeah. I uh I unfortunately didn't bring anything Today, uh, I'm going to pimp a little bit of stuff when I talk about my game, Um, just some online assets and things that people can look at if they're interested, but um, yeah, Uh, (laughs) because there is, I I did stumble across some really interesting stuff. Um, Also, I'm hoping that, Stu, you can just edit it out, but if you hear some banging, it's just the dryer in the background, I'm sorry. (laughs) I kind of figured this might happen. Um but uh yeah, it is what it is. You got to do what you got to do. Yep. Okay, so Stu, um we are going to start shifting into the next section, which is uh what we learned from gaming. Did you want to talk about your game first or would you like me to talk about mine? I love giving you the choice. Um I think you get to go first this week. Ooh, I get to go first this week. Yeah. Okay. Um so I'm going to get my water in position. Okay. So um this is the section of the show uh where I have to describe what it is that it is. Okay. So <laughs> shit. Uh this is the section of the show where we pick a game and we talk about it and uh, we discuss what we learned from it. So this is what we learned from gaming the name of the podcast. Thank you for joining us episode 23 where we begin to fall apart. Um no, oh, it's so, good. It's good. It's good. Yeah. So um the game that I want to talk about is a game called Keith Courage Keith Keith with a TH, sorry. Uh Courage in Alpha Zones. Have you ever played this game, Stu? No, I it sounds made up. <laughs> That's fair. It's the name was basically made up because it was it was ported. Uh, from Japan, and it was based on a franchise that I don't think that uh, that Hudson Soft bothered to get the license for. But I'm going to continue to describe this game so you get a better ad- understanding of what I'm talking about. Okay, so um, it was designed by Advanced Communication Company. Um, it was published by Hudson Soft NEC on the TurboGrafx-16. So Hudson Soft NEC is the company that makes Bomberman... Bonk, well, used to. Uh, They recently got acquired by Konami when they, I think, filed for bankruptcy. Um, An old Japanese company, uh, video game company. So, um, and now no longer with us. Um, Also important to note that Hudson—it was mostly like mostly Hudson Games that ended up on the TurboGrafx-16 because it was their system. so, uh, this was a game that was published in August 29th, 1989 in North America, it was 88 in Japan, um, and, uh, yeah, uh, genre type, like it's a platformer game, uh, I really encourage anybody who wants to know what this game is to look it up on YouTube. Uh, it's something else. Mm-hmm. So uh, in terms of core mechanics, it's a platformer with two different play styles. There's the, the human style and the, the mecha style. So as you play and progress through levels, um, you shift from uh, human form, which is the uh, the way that you start into mecha form to fight larger, harder bosses. Um, and the controls are kind of floaty. Um, like your jump, your, it's not like a Mario jump. It's... Uh, it's a little stiffer and a little higher sorta. Um and also the game is kinda punishing. It's one of those like you walk back and forth and the the, the, the bad guys respond sort of deal. Um hmm. and um yeah, I I in brackets I put Nintendo hard. <laughs> so <laughs> it's uh it's it's one of those. Um mm-hmm. So, I, I promise I am going to get to the meat of this game. Um, I'm not going to suggest that I am actually a particularly big fan of this game, but the, the important thing, this is very much like uh, my Total Annihilation Kingdoms episode, where it's not what is in this game that was important, it's how I encountered this game and how I engaged with it. So, the pros of this game um, is it was it was a game at a time when I needed to play a game, <laughs> So that's a pro uh, cons. It's kind of hard and frustrating mm. um, and uh, maybe not the type of game you would put in the situation that I am about to describe. So now let's actually get into the meat of things. Um, uh, hopefully Fred Rojas isn't li- like Fred Rojas loves TurboGrafx-16. I don't know if he loves Keith, Keith Courage. I, I watched. Well, yeah, it's not in his current CD because I don't think it was a CD based game. Mm. Um, but, uh, I don't know if he has a special place for Keith Courage or not. Uh, he may have had an episode on it, but it wasn't really for me. Um, that said, (laughs) how do I start this? Um, right. So I played Keith Courage, um, when I was in a hospital and not because I was sick, but because my brother was sick. My brother got actually very, very sick when he was in grade three and grade four And it was in the summers of when he was in grade 3 and grade 4. And he spent quite a lot of time in the hospital. So basically what happened is he got appendicitis. um, And it took them a little while to get to him. And when they did operate, it ruptured. And some of the poison that comes from your inflamed appendicitis leaked onto his intestine. And the intestine did what it does best, which is it absorbed it. And then he proceeded to have what are referred to as bowel obstructions, where basically... Your intestine collapses and stops working, um. And he was, yeah, <laughs> he was, he was in a bad way. So that happened once at the beginning of summer while he was in grade three, and then it happened as uh, deep into the summer of uh, grade four for him. So um, yeah, so basically he he had a bowel obstruction. After his appendicitis when he was in grade three. And then his his bowel obstructed again. And he had to go back in the hospital when he was in grade four. So, two shitty summers in a row <laughs> for my brother. Mm-hmm. Um, less shitty summers for me. Um, but, I mean, things were not great. Uh, the the possibility of him not doing so well or actually passing was, was pretty high. Um, and it was a lot... A lot of stress on my family a lot of stress on my mom and my dad my dad kept working my mom left her job so that she could be in the hospital with him just in case it was like you know bad news Um, and uh, I was just sort of in the middle of things I spent a lot of time with my grandparents I spent a lot of time uh, with other family just because it was uh, like somebody needed to look after me Mm in a hospital really wasn't a place for me now my brother ended up in uh, Toronto Hospital for Sick Children and this is where we encountered Keith Courage for the first time and where we encountered Graphics for the first time because we, like, Graphics is not a household system for either my brother or myself. Um, but this was one of the first times that I ever saw a game room in a hospital. And this hospital just happened to have, like, well, I mean, Graphics is not out-of-the-world new, uh, when my brother is getting sick, but, like, it's, it's a, it's a 16-bit console when my brother and I are used to playing Nintendo, uh, which is an 8-bit console, and when I encounter this, this system for the first time with my brother, like, it's, it's actually pretty good, and, and it's, uh, it's one of those things where, at the time, because I'm, like, uh, uh, seven, and then eight, but we're talking, like, seven-year-old Chase here. So seven-year-old Chase plays Keith Courage in a hospital uh, with his sick, potentially dying brother, surrounded by a bunch of other sick, potentially dying kids. Mm-hmm. Um, and, uh, <laughs> like, it's it's this thing where I just wanted to keep playing, but, like, there were sick kids that really should have been playing, and eventually I... Like, I wouldn't get it. I wouldn't get it until later. And, like, I, was, I ended up being okay about it, but, like there was the potential for me to be a real fucking asshole. <laughs> um, and uh, yeah, you know, like be a brat. Um, yeah. And I'm so happy that isn't how that actually played out. But uh, I I was usually, I would go in that room um, when there was nobody else there. And uh, <coughs> the reason why I bring this all up is the therapeutic value that you can attach to video games is real and it is so important because okay i can only speak for myself when it comes to to, to game rooms um i have spent time in a hospital for myself being sick when i was uh, i think it was 13 or 14 um it was uh, like it was a false alarm it just uh, some very embarrassing stuff to do with my insides um, <laughs> that resulted in me spending uh, two days in the Toronto Hospital for Sick Children uh, on the cusp of adolescence in, like, this really, really embarrassing situation, but they had, like, Super Nintendos there at the time, which was uh, kind of interesting, so it was, like, an upgrade. Um, But, like, again, there is, like, this... It's this thing that you don't even think about. Like if uh, if you don't have a kid or you were never sick when you were young and you were in a hospital, you didn't realize the boredom that's attached to being stuck in a hospital bed and how shitty and how difficult it can be for a kid to go through what if you've actually never been in a hospital, you won't understand this. But like just being bedridden, being bedridden, not being able to get up and move uh, like losing Most of your dignity uh, Because that's what happens in in most hospitals Mm -hmm. Unfortunately is like You're wearing a robe You can't control things You don't really get a lot of a say And people are just trying to do what they can to keep you alive Because that's their job Um, And sometimes it's not pretty and sometimes it's not polite Um, Now to have An oasis that exists Inside Of a hospital Where you can just go and play, and forget about either your pain or the boredom or what's going to happen to you tomorrow. Like that cannot be. I cannot overstate how important that is. Um, and that's where organizations like um, Stu. I, I really like that you're a big supporter of um, of Extra Life, and also uh, uh, Child Play is another really good example. But yeah. like ex- Extra Life has leaned into. Twitch culture in a way that has been very positive and has benefited a lot of people. Um, because Extra Life actually started, I would say, about... Uh, it, it looks like five years after Child's Play and has, has raised about the same amount of money. Mm-hmm. So that, that might... have done well. Yeah, they, they have done really, really well. Um, but for anybody who doesn't know, both, uh, both uh, Extra Life and Child's Play are two different organizations that focus on raising money to try and bring video games into hospitals and um, or li- like recovery centers, rehab centers, just places where people are sick, and by people I mean uh, predominantly children, where children are sick and they need a distraction or they need some kind of release or escape. Um, and encountering Keith Courage in those years well in in that one year at that one time with my brother was just such an interesting thing because it was exactly what i needed to distract me from the fact that my brother was getting staples ripped out of his stomach like the next hour right like it was and it it was just one of those things that was nice to have to help forget that like my brother the, uh, the only brother I have, like, was going to go through this ridiculous, painful shit. Um, or at least help me cope with it. Um, and it's, it's just, it's interesting because I went onto the Child's Play website and I was looking at some of the resources they have. And they have this book that was put together by, um, and I'll make sure there's a link in the show notes. It was put together by the E-E-D-A-R, um... And it's based in collaboration with uh, mental health researchers at UCSD. I mean, I'll make sure that all this stuff is mm-hmm. is, uh, is is in the show notes so you can access all of it. But like, just to sort of give you an idea of where this has gone since early '90s, late '80s, um, <coughs> they now outline. Um, uh, they take the time in, uh, at least for child's play uh, initiatives, to categorize symptoms. So they have lists of games that you should you should include in, um, I guess, in hospitals or in recovery centers. Uh, f- so for pain, for boredom, short-term stay, for boredom, long-term stay, for anxiety, hyperactivity, for sadness, and for cognitive impairment um and that it's interesting that it's broken into those categories but like this is stuff that they've taken the time to research and actually plot out so a good example is um so let's just jump into the pain section Mm -hmm. for a second so i'm gonna read it word for word um the best games for this category have easy to learn game mechanics and are rewarding with short game sessions Quick-paced gameplay in platformers, arcade racers, and fast-action puzzle games can encourage a player's mind and body in a way that is especially effective for pain management. Dynamic visuals and high-energy sound design can also help distract from discomfort. And then they've got uh, recommended games for 12 and under. So uh, for Nintendo 3DS, you've got Mario Kart 7, uh, Siesta Fiesta, and Star Fox 64 3D uh for nintendo switch you've got poyo poyo tetris mario kart 8 uh fast rmx for uh xbox one you've got peggle 2 tetris ultimate i I like how tetris is coming up all the time and overcooked which is also a a, like it's a management game um playstation 4 has super stardust ultra no idea what that is Tumblestone. no idea what that is uh, and Pinball Arcade, I do know what that is. Uh, PlayStation Vita has Big Little Planet, know what that is. Lu- Lumines, Electric Symphony, and uh, MotorStorm. Storm. Uh, and here's what's really interesting: they've got mobile and Android, which makes sense because they're mm-hmm. the most accessible platforms you could get. Uh, like everybody has a phone, so mobile, mobile I- iOS has Fruit Ninja, um, Temple Run Two, and Super Mario Run, of course. Mm and then android has fruit ninja why the fuck would you split them up just give them a freaking slash yeah. sorry this is my first time like looking at the mobile selection it's the same games yeah. fuck off yeah. sorry that's funny but it's it's just it's interesting like they've taken the time to consider this to research this and break it up into categories and i think that's mm-hmm. yeah i think that's really smart and and very considerate um so, yeah. So here we are. So, Stu, have you ever been in a hospital sick as a child? Um, Not not in that way. No. Uh, no. Uh, you got a lot of brothers and sisters. Did it ever happen to them uh, in, in a way? Uh, that... A bunch of healthy bastards. Oh, man. God. Yeah. God damn you and your great genetics. Yeah. I don't know. Um, Yeah. Like appendicitis runs in my family. <laughs> so, like, my appendix is like a ticking time bomb. My grandfather had it. My father had it. Uh, my brothers had it, so I'm just watching out. Mm. Also, I got to keep that in mind for my son if he ever he has yeah. like pains in a certain area. Uh, that's that's a red flag in my family, yeah. and it has been for a long time. Which is why I ended up in the hospital when I was when I was yeah. 13. Yeah, yeah. I'd actually just done too many too many sit ups and almost gave myself a hernia, but uh, my mom thought it was appendicitis and rushed me to the hospital, freaking out because my brother had almost died twice. Yeah. So yeah, um, not her fault. <laughs> not fault. Nope. Nope. my fault for being a lazy prick and not doing more setups when I was younger. Um
1: not a lot of people know that
0: story. Uh so they do now. They do now. Um oh god. Uh, so yeah. Um game rooms in hospitals are awesome. Awesome, awesome, awesome. Um, Again, Keith Courage, not the best game. Man, that was a fucking frustrating (laughs)
1: game. Like, what do you want to do? Like, get the kid. Would not make the Mm. list of recommended games from. uh, No, no.
0: Not really, man. Like, it. uh, I mean, it's. mm, Don't get me wrong. It's not. I think if you have nothing better to do. It it would be okay, but man, no, I would not put it into I would not put it into a hospital now. I would put it into a hospital now if I had no choice. because um, anything is better than nothing at all and some kids have nothing at all. Um but good luck getting a working TurboGrafx sixteen into a hospital now. Um, yeah, that's just that's true. Just saying, too. Yeah. Uh they had they had a capacitor issue where uh, there 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 are components inside those machines that are basically designed to, to fall apart by now, um, okay, so, hmm, I'm just, I'm trying to, I don't know if I'm doing this as much justice as I could have, but, like, the, I, again, like, I didn't really enjoy Keith Courage all that much. I didn't spend as much time with it as I could have, but that's okay because I shouldn't have. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Not because it was a bad game, but because there were other kids that needed that system more than I did. Right? I was just a visitor. Mm-hmm. I was just a visitor, like, hanging out and worrying about my brother. But there were other kids in, these, in this hospital setting, like, you know, there were, there were cancer patients. There were kids that, like, couldn't keep food down. Like, you could hear them throwing up. Yeah. There were... For some reason in, <laughs> in fucking Canada in uh, the early 90s, uh, late 80s, there were a lot of kids who fell off their bikes and hit their heads. And that's why we ended up with uh, like it got legislated. We ended up with uh, bicycle helmets as the law. Yeah. Um, lots of people still don't wear them. Lots of cops don't give a fuck. But at the end of the day, like you should wear a bicycle helmet because the number of kids that I encountered in hospitals due to bicycle accidents that resulted in them hitting their heads mm-hmm. was kind of distressing. Um, like acquired brain injury due to, uh, due to bicycles. Uh, just wear a fucking helmet. Uh, like put a helmet on smarten up. There's this great moment yeah. in uh, 13 reasons why when the guy like just decides not to wear a helmet because the girl made fun of him and he destroys his head. Like how did he not end up in the hospital? Yeah. He has such a huge fucking goose egg after that. Um, Spoiler. <laughs> uh, yeah, but uh, I mean, yeah, I ran yeah, into a, yeah, yeah. a lot of really sick uh, kids because my brother was in there for so long. Yeah. Um, and um, a lot of unusual stories. Some roadmaps of pain, some some kids. Yeah. There's this one kid, um, and it's like this horror story that you hear. Like, everybody just sort of... Um, yeah. Like, you never really believe it until you see it. But uh, you know how old BMX bikes, like the handlebars had the squishy rubber and you could like push them in or just pull those things off. And then it was just like the hollow uh, aluminum
1: tubes. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Like he, he went over the handlebars, but they turned inward yep. and he impaled himself. Yeah, Like, and that's like the horror story that you hear, but I met that kid. <laughs> like, <laughs> like, uh, fuck. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so I mean, number one, just hope your kid doesn't get sick. Uh, and and number two, uh, just be so thankful that there are charities in this, in this, uh, world that are willing to do that and donate, man. Holy Mm -hmm. crap. Just donate. Like what a good fucking cause. Um, even if you hate children. Also, if you hate children, (laughs) I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Whatever happened to you in your life, cheer the fuck up. (laughs) Um, And Uh, I only say that because because, I have a child now. Oh, okay. uh, (laughs) Also. (laughs) (laughs) Also everything else in my life. Um, But no. um, Yeah, this kind of Mm. went off the rails. Mm -hmm. That said... That's good. Yeah. That said, Keith Courage, what a game. (laughs) No, it's like really... Okay, I want to go into a little bit of the history of Keith Courage, like not like me in a hospital history. Um, Keith Courage was actually another game in Japan. It was an anime-licensed game in Japan. Huh. Um, and I think... I Don't quote me on this, and I guarantee you... Actually, I'll probably be able to find... there. There's a an explanation for this game online somewhere. I'm, I'm pretty sure there's a YouTube video that explains what the licensed anime property was. Um, but when they brought it over here, again, late 80s, early 90s, Japan was still not that popular, yeah. and they didn't want that anime appearance and representation for one of their, like, launch titles, because Keith Courage was a launch title for uh, for TurboGrafx-16. Oh, yeah, So yeah. they didn't so they could, want to scare people away. Yeah. Um, so they just made it into this whole other thing that made no sense, which uh. was okay in the 80s. Um, <laughs> <laughs> like, you could get away with it. Yeah. Because it was a video game. Um, but... Yeah, God, what a goddamn mess. <laughs> it was so confusing. So confusing. Um Yeah. So that's my game. Alright. That's what I got. Uh it was like yeah. So my first time realizing that we there were gaming rooms in hospitals and uh
1: and uh just how cool that is. So my immediate train of thought is to ask what do you think about having uh, an equivalent to a hospital game room in other places like in uh. in a school for example for or would that segregate more would would that be like painting targets on people for bullies or or things like an addiction center or um, i I don't know some other third thing that I can't think of right now
0: well uh, okay, so. <clears throat> um schools that'd be awesome uh like straight up uh <laughs> i uh bullying has shifted and gaming is so mainstream now that like it's it's yeah it's something that people can bond over instead of segregating mm. them mm-hmm. right um and especially if you have the right facilitator it becomes a very communal and group thing with the right types of games um so yeah I would love to see game rooms in schools uh, I mean uh, we used to have computer labs but why can't we have actual like console yeah, labs yeah. Or, or console rooms uh, yeah. and the, or even just like dedicated gaming computers right like yeah. that, that this is stuff um, and I the the quick answer is finances right like it's again I don't know what schools are like I don't know if there are game rooms in schools somewhere um, but uh, yeah, I, I, yeah I don't, Not every school is going to be able to afford it.
1: Well, I, I'm wondering if how, if some of that is liability too. I'll have to reach into my my network of teachers and and find out if, if you know if they did allow, even just allow some games to be installed on on their library computers, and then, um, Sally's mother finds out that you know Counter Strike is on there and. Somebody's you know, got yeah it's yeah it's the uh, yeah. Assassin's Creed Origins all over yeah, again yeah, exactly. oh we're
0: playing it for the learning mode yeah. oh I just decapitated oh, no. that sing, dude sing, yeah. Sing. yeah
1: yeah, yeah.
0: Um, now as for the addiction centers um, it has been my experience in my limited exposure uh, to to addicts that. Um, <sighs> And this is a horrible generalization, so take it for what it is. Um, Addiction, sometimes what you have to do is you have to shift your attention from one thing to another, and you lean in as hard as you would for the initial addiction. Um, So, having a video game system in an addiction center can be both beneficial and detrimental, um, in that it's a crutch that if not... Like if if not facilitated and implemented properly, just becomes a different different type of addiction. In in the same way that and like I feel so dirty and weird saying this, um, because we've we've had the conversation about game addiction Mm -hmm. and the the like the the tenuous use of the word addiction at all when it comes to video games. Um, But there are game there are self-proclaimed game addicts out there, like both cured and uh, still still coping. Um, that believe it's a thing. There are people who encounter individuals that they feel are game addicts who believe it's a thing. Um, so it's it. That's a hard call for me. And I'm like I again. This is one of this is like a non-educational, professional, non-psychological professional, <laughs> like yeah. fumbling in the dark, yep. trying not to say something bad. So everything that I just said, take it the shit that it's worth because that's what it is um <laughs> what do you think about it
1: stu <laughs> i guess that's what i get for asking a question like that eh <laughs> well it's just it's tough um, man yeah yeah like i, yeah, like, I like the question but i can't answer that i can't answer no, that professionally. Not, at all. <laughs> not at all yeah I, I guess yeah i don't know enough about how how or if it could be utilized as a Coping mechanism or or a tool or aid in any way, shape, or form. Look, if it's getting somebody
0: know. off crack, yeah, I'd rather yeah, you were playing the fucking Nintendo. Yeah, let's put it let's that. Do way do that, right? Yeah, yeah. Uh, th- that's me. That's just me. <laughs> but yeah, if it gets you off crack, if it gets you off cocaine or whatever the whatever the hell you're on, yeah, yeah, yeah. if if you can do it, if it gets you off heroin, wow, like like <laughs> get that game into every hospital. But like, um, yeah, yeah. <clears throat> yeah. yeah, I'd rather see somebody playing a game than shooting up. So
1: Yeah, and I, and the games, the games that you'd mentioned and are... and that's just one. Like
0: that's just pain. There's yeah, also yeah, there's yeah. a boredom list, there's like all kinds of different lists in here. I wonder if there is a list for like socialization. Um there's a list for anxiety and hyperactivity. Uh players prone to anxiety. Many games can unfortunately cause more discomfort than relief. <laughs> wow, that's yep. fair. Yep. Um games curated in this category avoid the high intensity play. Uh, yeah, you know what? Let's just go through this one. This one's kind of interesting. Hmm. Um or uh, I don't know if that 100%
1: hits what you're looking for. Uh there's a sad There's a sadness category. Well, well, I guess I'm just looking for something that is there an actual like a Founded and researched way of using games to help build community more directly with people who otherwise wouldn't necessarily engage with gaming.
0: I don't know if those would be in a hospital.
1: Yeah, yeah. That well, that's what I mean. They might not be on that list, but uh, yeah, um, I'm, I'm curious that's... if such a thing could be. You, know, I, I guess I'm th- I'm thinking along the terms of like Rock Band, where at medium awkward social gatherings they're. You know, if there are thirty people in a house, there are ten people that can congregate around rock band, and despite not being gamers, like they can kind of get it. Yeah. And. Um. And come together through that. You know.
0: Yeah. Well, I mean, that's a good example, right? Um. Uh. Another example is like easy to play. God, most Nintendo. Uh. Couch co-op games are, are great for that, or mm-hmm. even uh, couch co- uh, competitive games are good for that. So, like, your Mario Karts, your um, Super Mario, like, the, the, the Mario Wii games. Yeah, yeah. Um, uh, just, just junk like that. Even uh, Clips <laughs> was really great for that. Yeah. Um, Although, like you, you, uh, you learn very quickly what the person you're playing with is like because they're oh, shooting yeah. profanities at you. Yes, um, absolutely. And getting super frustrated with you. Um, Sorry. No, it's okay. <laughs> uh, no, like again, like good <laughs> questions and and interesting. I would love to see um, teachers or people in places of learning using video games as a tool for growth and socialization. <clears throat> um, yeah. And I think that there are games that can that can accomplish that. But, you, like, this is one of those situations where they need a book like the one I'm reading out of right now, um, specifically for those kind of social settings and the, the type of growth you're looking for. Yeah. So that, that's that's research that if it hasn't been done yet, I'd love to see it done. Yeah. Um, and I guess that's sort of a takeaway. Like, uh, if you want to take it away as homework or if I remember, maybe I'll look into it. Um, yeah. So, Stu, was there (laughs) anything else you wanted to ask, or do you want to start talking about your game?
1: Um, I, I don't think there's anything else I was going to ask about that. Um, yeah, yeah, if if you're, if you're ready to close, then, (laughs) then, uh. Yeah. Yeah, um, yeah, uh put a put a goddamn
0: helmet on your kid like <laughs> just fucking do it like i don't care how stupid oh, they yeah. look you
1: know you know what looks worse
0: coffin is your kid with staples in their head mm, that too that sucks yeah. cuz they got to get those staples taken out and nothing sucks like listening to a kid get staples taken out of any part of their body it sucks okay <laughs> so on that note <laughs> Stu go ahead
1: oh thanks thanks for that yeah so um <laughs> no. See, this is why sometimes I think we should uh, <laughs> Share our, co- our scripts Collaborate a little bit beforehand, I end, oh, I gave you the opportunity to go first You should have just told me to go first <laughs> well, I, I like to give you the opportunity I like you to have a choice Oh, you're a dick So, uh, <laughs> I mean, don't get me wrong I absolutely deserve it But I'm going to follow that with uh, the only game I'm ready to talk about right now, which is Rogue Legacy. <laughs> Rogue Legacy, yep. <laughs> A game that helps many children. <laughs> yeah, it's... it's. Um, I guess if you're suffering from anxiety, it's probably better than, like, Five Nights at Freddy's, but only barely. Um, <laughs> so, so, Rogue Legacy, for those who are unfamiliar is uh, kind of like a rogue, roguelike, roguelite. It's a um, uh, side-scrolly platformer, uh, kind of a beat-em-up sort of roguelike thing. You start out as a champion dude, and you your objective is to go through this castle, big-ass castle, and... It's divided up into four quadrants. Each quadrant has a bunch of bad guys and a super boss. You want to beat up all the four super bosses and then go to the tower of the castle and kill the the big uber boss. Um, And at some point along the way you will die because it's really hard. And when you die, all of the money that you've collected goes into a big sack and you can use money from this sack to buy upgrades think there are like different upgrade trees with a bunch of crap for you. And then every every time you die, you can buy upgrades and your new character will have those upgrades and the game will be a little bit easier. And so it's it's roguelike and roguelite in that sense that you die, you start from square one kind of because you're getting slowly stronger over time. But every time you re-enter the castle, you also lose any gold, so you can't save anything up. So there are cheap upgrades and expensive upgrades and you have to actually do really well to get some of the expensive ones. You have to live long enough to get a bunch of gold. Uh, Otherwise, you'll never be able to afford them. The random part of the game and the important mechanic is that when you die, you are given a choice of different characters to take on your next journey in. And it's done like kinda of like a genealogy, so your character dies and now you're gonna take over as one of their sons or something like that. But they all have different, like one major characteristic that sets them apart. <coughs> so these characteristics can range from being colorblind, so your your character is actually, um, like everything is in black and white. Um, you could be a um, a dwarf, so you're smaller. You could have ADHD, in which case you move a little bit faster, there's like Alzheimer's, there's ambidextrous stuff, there's dementia, you just hear stuff, there's dyslexia, where all the text in the game actually is is messed up for you, Um, and some things don't matter. I did not know that about roguelike. Yeah, yeah. You can,
0: <laughs> that's that's a crazy addition. Yeah,
1: you can have. It's kind of like the one of the biggest interesting things. There, there's some of it doesn't matter. Like you can have IBS, in which case sometimes when you're jumping, you just fart. Oh, okay. Um, <laughs> that's not quite how that one works. No, no, it's not. But it's it's at least interesting. Um, okay. There's uh, vertigo in which everything is like upside down. There's. That would be there's horrible. yeah. There's something. Uh, I've, Let's go dungeon crawling with vertigo. Y- yeah, and, and oh my god. Um, there's nearsighted, so everything further away from your hero is blurry. One of them is has something to do with dimensions, so you can't see things. Whenever anyone is turning around, you can't. They actually disappear from the camera for a second. Uh, there's there's a a ton of neat stuff. Um, so you you have to choose which. Uh, which trait you're gonna have but there are also different classes in the game so there are each one of these characters will also be like a paladin or a barbarian or a, a dragon or an assassin or something like that so these combinations of class and trait drastically change the way you have to play the game so playing as a super strong knight is very, very different from, you know, like a, a a nearsighted wizard. It's just, you have to engage in the, with the game in a different way all the time. So that's going to change the way you interact with the different monsters. You're going to find some combinations that work, some that don't. The boss fights are going to be drastically different, and that in itself is interesting but to me the big takeaway is that you you end up learning more about the game you're kind of forced to learn more about the game because of that uh, in in other games like uh, say a, a dark souls game or a monster hunter game where you kind of find a weapon and a style that you prefer and you run with it and like this is how you're experiencing the game like you were you're mentioning with monster hunter for example you use a bow so you have a very different experience with a bow than you would or any other player would with a two-handed mace. Rogue Legacy forces you to change that. So sometimes you get a bow, sometimes you get a mace, sometimes you get nothing. You get sandals. Deal with it. And wow, it's that's kind of aggravating. What <laughs> <laughs> But also
0: if it, look, if it's a, if it's a part of the game then like it's part of the challenge
1: right yeah and that that's kind of part of the the rogue of it where kind of what you get is what you get And, and you do get a few different choices i think it's two or three characters that you can choose from and sometimes they're all crap and you just you kind of do what you can and eventually you die sometimes quicker than others and you just kind of go from there Uh, so, mechan mechanically, <laughs> that's simple and straightforward. Um, l- learning lessons, it's it was it stood out to me as an interesting game because it forces you to learn more about the game than most games do. Mm-hmm. Um, it is like a a platformy, side scrolly, Metroidy, Metroidvania sort of thing. Um, okay. So those core mechanics and, and anything that you would learn from that style of game would be there. Um, slowly learning how to deal with different baddies and blah, 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 blah. It's on the, I guess, at its root, at the core, it's it's relatively simple. Um, but it's it's even interesting just from a game design perspective. Mm-hmm. Again, because you have to learn everything that they thought about with every possible combination of, of class and trait against every type of monster against all the different bosses. So then it's tough to win or no? Um, I think so. I think it's um, because you slowly upgrade over time I think it would be nigh impossible to actually beat the game without any upgrades. I could okay. could be mistaken, maybe somebody's really good at it, but but even just not knowing what all the creatures do right away would be really hard. So, every time you die and you use that gold to upgrade, get permanent upgrades to all of your future generations, that that's kind of what helps you feel like you're making progress and getting better as well. Mm-hmm. It's I think rare to actually die and not be able to afford any upgrades. I don't know, maybe hit a wall at some point, but I I don't I don't think I ever had a problem with that. Okay. Do you watch people speedrun it? Have you ever seen anybody speedrun it? Uh, I haven't. I'm okay. I'm undoubtedly it is a game that some people do speedrun. I'm curious if they do it actually without upgrades or with upgrades or like a, f- a fresh game without any unlocks or that kind of thing.
0: Yeah, um, I I, I would imagine if you were to do this as a speedrun, like imagine the competition where everybody just starts fresh and just how
1: much deviation there could be between each person's game, each person's yeah. seed, if you will, right? Yeah, because then you would even run into issues with, you know, knowing the absolute optimal way to make money. Would you even bother trying with a a weak class or would you just suicide just and just let them die Yeah, and try to find a, try to get a better role on your next generation?
0: Yeah. I don't know. I guess that's something, that's something to take away and maybe like, I wouldn't
1: mind looking up to see if anybody speedruns and how they actually would run those competitions. Mm-hmm. It's entirely possible. I mean, similar to like a hundred percenting or any percenting, it's possible that they're treated as different classes too. Mm-hmm. Like doing a run with things unlocked or doing a run from scratch yeah yeah <coughs> yeah i know there's different uh
0: a good a good example is binding of Isaac. uh there's, oh, okay. there's yeah. different categories for how to play that and how to speed run that. yeah that makes sense um either like everything's opened up or nothing's opened up i think those are the options
1: at least to start yeah so that 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 makes sense to me that rogue legacy is S- sounds like it would be run similarly. Mm-hmm. Hmm. Cool. Sorry, I didn't mean to jump in. Um, well, I don't know how much I would be able to go into that. I think it's just an interesting study and in, um, game mechanic. Ga- yeah, game mechanics that force you to learn everything that you possibly can about the game. I I think that's cool. Because um, it's a bit demanding, but it's 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 very cool, and it it
0: it forces you into perspectives you wouldn't usually choose to take. Yeah. Right. Like it's it's not an option; it's an obligation.
1: Yeah. And that's like if you don't like rogue-like games, you won't enjoy this for that reason. But I maybe mean, <laughs> yeah. it's.
0: Yeah, if if you don't like roguelike games, why are you playing a yeah, game yeah, ex- with rogue in the name? E-
1: exactly. Yeah. Okay, cool. Mm-hmm.
0: Hmm. This, <laughs> I'm sorry, I really I really blew you out of the water <laughs> with that hospital story. Um <laughs> I didn't mean to. Um
1: <laughs> We should we should see if kids wanna play roguelike. Huh? I somehow doubt Maybe it. Maybe it'll.
0: No, you don't think so. I somehow I bet doubt
1: it. kids will want to play uh, it. Some. I'm sure some would. Yeah. You get to be a dragon. Oh, that's for 15 sweet. seconds, and then you're dead. Oh, mm. That sounds quite sad. Yeah. Um.
0: Okay. Um. Anything else you took away from this game?
1: Um. Nothing. Nothing out of the ordinary. I mean, usual learning learning maps and different strategies to deal with different things. and
0: oh um, Well, okay, so, like, reading maps, yeah, but is the map generation not uh, it, procedurally it, generated?
1: It, it is, and um, so the way you deal with problems can change all the time as well. Um, like, as mentioned, a, a character with dwarfism is only one tile tall instead of two, so there will actually be things in castles where uh, you can fit through a wall. Or get through a, a crack in the wall as a dwarf, but not as a anyone else. Full
0: grown. Yeah, full grown
1: dude. Yeah. Yep. Um, yeah, that kind okay. of thing. Um, yeah. Sorry. So de- yeah, so you're dealing with the maps. It is procedurally generated, but every map kind of is the same, like tile set. I guess has this. Mm-hmm. So the monster types in each quadrant will be consistent. The bosses will always be in the same ish place. Um, So even learning the best way to do a route. Like if you're knowing that when you're this class and this trait, you have an easy time against these creatures. So you go clear out that section to make sure you can get a bunch of gold so that you know when you die you can get some upgrades. And then you go exploring and try the new thing. Cool. Um. Yeah. Yeah. It's also just exceedingly frustrating because it's roguish. So (laughs) a couple of hits and you're dead and you have to, you know, go through a very large thing and kill a lot of baddies. Mm -hmm. Cool. Yeah. Cool, 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 cool. So, yeah, so it presents a high-risk reward thing, but there's not really any risk because if you die, you just start over.
0: (laughs) You know, I actually. Um, mm, what was? What am I gonna say? Like, I I don't mind that. I don't mind that at all, right? Like, uh, Binding of Isaac is very similar to yeah, that. Yeah, um, Uh Super Meat Boy, not so much. Super Meat Boy, it's a different kind of. Like, your your deaths are documented, and then you get to watch them all play yeah. out as soon as you win the level, um, which is such a nice touch to that yeah. game. Uh But. Uh, Yeah, uh, I've found that over time, like the the game over state is, especially in some types of games, is becoming so much less significant. Um, Hmm. And even if it does happen, like uh, continues are almost infinite now um, for most games, right? Like it's not like you have a hard number of continues. You just get pushed back to a certain area and you have to start all over again. Yeah. Um, But you will never run out. Uh, there's, there's a, I can, there's like a generosity that's happened <laughs> unless the game is specifically designed to be hard in quotation marks now. Mm-hmm. Um, so, um, but yeah, uh, in a game where you're expected to die that often you would, you, you would expect that the interface to get right back into the game would be convenient and
1: easy. So yeah, cool. What is, sorry, now that you mentioned that, um, there is, there's a game that crossed my radar recently where you actually have one minute, like your lives are always only one minute long. Oh. um. And then you die and respawn at whatever your saved bed, home, place was. Um, I wish I could remember what it was, but... Mm. Oh, well, maybe I'll look it up some other time. Okay, yeah. Um, yeah, ro- Rogue Legacy. It's a game. It's a legacy. It's a rogue. It's roguelike. Um, okay. Generations. Gold. Upgrade. Smashy. <laughs> that's that's all the mechanics. It's good. Learn. Cool. Learn. Struggle. Cool. Cry. <laughs> Done. <laughs> sounds good. Yeah. That sounds good. Okay. Um, well, then,
0: uh, I don't really have a lot of questions for you. I'm sorry. Um... Mm. Uh, now I'm intrigued by that minute game it's, it's I called I minute yeah M-I-N-I-T
1: yeah, I, th- I think I know what you're talking about yep. um, oh so you found yep. it Okay. Uh, it released um, uh, beginning of April this year oh okay yeah um, yeah I think I've heard about it but I don't know a lot um, I'll, I'll look into it though I'll definitely um, check it out a little bit more bo- 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 developed by the same guys who did Hotline Miami
0: Oh yes, I am now very familiar yeah. with it. I've heard quite a few people talk about it now. Um, okay, cool. Yeah. Good to know. Yeah. Um yeah, I I mean I'll watch a uh play video or something, but uh good to yeah. know. I'll keep that on my radar. Interesting. Uh, maybe thing. if I got a little bit of yeah, if I got a little bit of change I'll I'll throw it at it. Um Okay, so you know what? I think we're gonna jump into the next section. Uh if if that's okay with you, which is what can you teach us? Yeah. And it is not used to it is the audience. Yeah. So, um, this is the part of the show where we read emails from the audience, and we've got an email. Do you know who it's uh, from? No, it's from Greg. <laughs> <laughs> it's from Greg. Thank you, Greg, for writing in. Um, oh, so oh, it's no, don't, don't. <laughs> come on, Greg. He's he is a contributing member of our audience. He is. So, he is. Um, Greg wrote in as a response to uh, we were uh, I think episode maybe 17 or 18, we were talking about game preservation, but specifically mm. um, server-based game preservation. Okay. So Greg, like you responded, uh, it's it's very much sort of like his thoughts on paper, yeah. but that's okay because we'll still read them because we'll read anything that you send us. So <laughs> uh, there was recently, and this Greg's words, not mine. Uh, there was recently a big deal in this realm uh, and the name of his uh, email is online game preservation in case... The realm that we're discussing wasn't made clear. Um, A company, the Revive Network, and then he gives a a website that I'll vet and then put in the show notes, um, who has been working to open source and preserve the old Battlefield games. So this is Battlefield 2, Battlefield Heroes, and Battlefield uh, 2142, um, which is cool because not having servers for Battlefield 2142 is a big deal in my mind. That's Um, super sad. This included running their own servers that appeared as official servers running their own point systems. That's interesting. And everything else. Because the official servers had been shut down. They also had the games downloadable for free. I could see where that could cause a problem with an EA game. So there was a bit of legal issue there as well. Yeah, no (laughs) duh. As soon as EA found out, you'd be in shit. Um, they, They had been running for years... And had been uh, served papers and they had everything shut down so I'm on the fence but to me I feel like copyright and licensing should only be valid while there is a playable version of the game this means that single-player games as long as it continues to work for people it is fine I would argue for <laughs> on mod- on modern systems meaning Um, If the OS changes, the game stops uh, working because it won't run on XX device. Then you either create a patch to make it work or release your copyright. That is an ideal world, Greg, but that is not how the copyright world works at all. Um, Yeah, that wouldn't fly. Uh, There's just so many IPs that could just get lost. And by lost, I mean... Um, released uh, which I mean if, in terms of game preservation is would be awesome. wonderful yeah but um, no it's it's like uh, two corporations that's lost revenue even well, just because they acknowledge now that there's a nostalgia <clears throat> market people will hold on to their IPs even if they, they tank within the 10 years it would take for the nostalgia market to be significant
1: like uh, it just yeah um, well mm. like I and I'm I'm not a lawyer. Um, yeah. My grasp on copyright law is minimal at best. My understanding is that people who understand copyright law don't really understand copyright law. Um, <laughs> but That's fair. but one, of the, one of the core tenets is that if you don't ag- actively and aggressively protect your own IP, then you, you lose it. it. So unfortunately, yeah. in, in the case of something like game servers if you don't shut down somebody's servers there's i don't I don't know if there's a precedent or if there's just an implication that you're giving up on that IP so in that case it would be like battlefield yeah and they can't they can't do that it's stupid it it doesn't make sense but the copyright law doesn't it's yeah. just what it is yeah and mm. it's really it's really frustrating. It's not good. It so, definitely hurts things yeah. like this a lot. But yeah, um, he he keeps going. He says for
0: multiplayer games with no s- oh, okay, so this is just elaborating on his idea. Yeah. For multiplayer games with no single player, you would lose copyrights when the fiscal or or sorry, when the last official servers are shut down. It would also make sense to require the server architecture to become open source as well. Oh, man, Greg, Mm -hmm. like, this is a perfect world thing, but that's, like, literally giving away trade secrets Mm -hmm. for free. Um, Like, that would never happen. But I could see there being a lot of fighting against that. A hundred percent, yeah. In terms of, like, those are assets that have a dollar value associated with them. Um, The main purpose of this is to allow people who like the game to try to learn how to keep it going. This is uh, the realm of Revive... This is the realm where Revive Network worked. They had created their own methods of running the servers and jury rigged something to make the official game run through their servers and had revived several dead games. EA had no interest in running. Mm-hmm. They had been doing this under the radar until they got popular enough that EA noticed and shut them down. Now the games are dead again. Unless software, the uh, useless software that you can't use anymore. I played It, for the last month, Revive was running, and honestly, I still prefer uh, 2142 to any modern Battlefield game. Preach. Yep, same (laughs) here. Um, To the point where I would play it and will not play other Battlefield games. It's a sad state, and something uh, should be done. But I won't hold my breath. Yeah, and, like, we won't either, right? It's, like, it's EA. Uh, As cool and altruistic as, as Greg's suggestions are, there's no way. Um, no, no, no way. Uh, I mean, this this has me thinking about uh, the World of Warcraft servers, right? All the vanilla servers that are out yeah. there. Um, and they still pop up. I know people who are playing on uh, illicit, quotation marks, sorry, yeah, illicit, yeah. Um, vanilla servers right now. Or uh, actually Burning Crusade. Burning Crusade, for many, is like the, the gold standard. Yeah, yeah. Um, so there's quite a few, like, uh, just illegal uh, Burning Crusade. The problem is there's such a demand for Vanilla and Burning Crusade WoW that these things get so big and people start talking about them because they're so excited about yeah. it that they get shot down. Um, and it's, it's, it's kind of sad. Like, it's... Uh, I mean, I know Blizzard is slowly getting back to... Um, I know they've announced they're going to do a a vanilla WoW server. A, as in one, and if there's enough interest, they'll probably start throwing more money and assets into it. But when, right? Yeah. If it's taken them this long and they've had the code all along, like
1: why? Yeah. Uh, uh, Other people have been able to slap this stuff together. Yeah. Relatively quickly, you know. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah.
0: Yeah. Um yeah yeah and uh, it's it's yeah it's going to be a legal issue until it's not like until there's sweeping legislation that that solves this we are either going to lose a bunch of games and have no way of playing them and anybody who tries to uh faces well basically like cease and desist because they're not going to pursue financially unless it it becomes a significant issue um yeah I haven't heard of anybody going to court like with financial ramifications but um hmm. for for any server that they've put up, like they just get the warning and if you don't take it down, that's when you're gonna get charged or yeah yeah, yeah. you know, or they will actually have police come in and do something or quotation marks police <laughs> um somebody will show up and shut it <laughs> down Dis- or disconnect your internet <laughs> the disney police, yeah the disney police um <laughs> <laughs> okay, so yeah, that's uh thank you, Greg, for your email. Yeah. Uh that's really all we got for that. So then Stu, let's shift into what we've been playing. So what have you been playing lately?
1: I have spooled up a couple matches of Risk of Rain. Okay. Um but the one that I'm uh most looking forward to talking about I actually did pick up Frostpunk.
0: Oh, interesting. Mm-hmm. Uh, I've heard some good things about that.
1: And it's, yeah, it is not bad. It's, um... <laughs> For a
0: survival game?
1: <laughs> yeah, it's it's kind of like SimCity mixed with This War of Mine. It's by the developers who did This War of Mine, and it's very, it has almost the same bleak feeling to it. it, it not quite captured the same way because it's so much less personal. Yeah. Um, but there is a sense of desperation that's there, which is a is a like a driving emotional factor for the game. Um for those of us who are soulless and emotionless though, the the SimCity aspect of it is algorithmic and, <laughs> and you'll get it. Uh, mm. <laughs> uh but, but those hard decisions aren't so hard when you don't care. <laughs> hey, I'll have you know I did not put my children to work.
0: Oh, that's mm. yeah.
1: Yeah. Mm. That's right. You didn't. I didn't. A lot of people do, but my children are in in child shelters. Co- oh, cozy good. and warm that's... and and learning to be engineers and doctors and shit.
0: Well, that's good. Uh do, do you does it let you get to that end game where they grow up and they are doctors and engineers and shit?
1: No, no. It's um no.
0: Yeah, cuz I haven't played it. I don't
1: no. I I don't want to just no. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Okay. Um but but it is <coughs> it is it is neat. It is interesting. Uh they've gotten a lot of good reviews and good feedback and I I think they're talking about I think the game only ships with a few different scenarios. I've played through one of them. Mm-hmm. I haven't had time to start any of the others. Um Reportedly, they're investing, they're looking into maybe releasing more scenarios or doing like a free open play thing um, rather than the time limited scenarios that they already have. Okay. I don't know if that would be good or not, but eh. Eh. Whatever. Something to do. Something to do. Yeah.
0: Okay, this dog. I have a dog on me. There we go. Get out of here. Get out of here, you dog. There we go. That's
1: good. That's good. Um, yeah. Also, I've I've been listening to LPs a bunch at work instead of music for the past few weeks. Did did mm-hmm. I? I don't know if I. I don't know when I listened to this because my life is blurry. Um, a way out. Did I mention a way out before? Last week, last two weeks, whenever oh, it was. Way. Out. I don't think what I had. So so that, that's that's the like? um the co-op prison escape thing. The game oh, has yeah. to be played okay, co-op. Yep. That's yep, yep, I, I listened to mean, a let's yep. play of it. That that sounds like it would be a remarkable experience to go through with somebody. So <laughs> do that everyone. Go look at that game. It's uh, fun and stuff. It's good. Yeah. yeah. Um yeah, that that's been my my recent things. How about you? Um well, uh, I am slowly getting through Mario
0: Odyssey. Uh, I only play it. This is—it's an interesting way to play it. I only play it when my son walks up to the TV and goes "woohoo." Um, so, just as we've talked about before, like he'll make Mario noises, mm-hmm. and it means he wants to watch me play, and then take the controller and take a bunch of screenshots. <laughs> Um, for no reason. Uh-huh. Um, <laughs> yeah. but it's still good. Like I'm making progress. He enjoys watching me play. And actually my wife enjoys watching me play it too. And, uh, right now we're at what's referred to as Bowser's castle. And, and I guess I have to go the, um, oh, I'm not going to spoil that. Um, uh, <laughs> but yeah, I'm, I was at Baz- Bowser's castle. It was really, uh, bombastic. Like, uh, just the environment was like very, very jam-packed but really colorful and interesting like a lot of their worlds are are very well designed so i've been enjoying playing that game a lot um and there's just like these funny mechanics because you've got this possession mechanic um so just the, the, the way that you traverse levels um is is very very interesting and enjoyable like it doesn't get old because they always basically give you something new that you can do or you'll encounter like an enemy that you've possessed before and you're like, Oh, I know what I got to do here. now." Oh, okay. Um, and I like that. I like that a lot. I also have a hair in my mouth cause I had a dog on my lap for like the last five minutes. <laughs> Ugh, I didn't lick him, but it's just there. Um, the wind, the wind in my house blew it into my mouth. Um, so I've also been playing a lot of Dragon Ball fighters with a Z at the end. Um, and that is a fun little fighting game. The uh, the busyness doesn't bug me as much anymore because I'm more familiar with it. Um, and it's really only some characters that do that. There's like a character called Captain Ginyu who his all of his special moves is calling in other people from his his team. And it is things can get a little crazy if he if you're fighting him or playing with him. But otherwise, like just people jumping in, jumping out. Um, it's it's a slick fighter that feels good it's not as complicated as some fighters are especially some fighters from the 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 company that made dragon ball Mm. fighters so like or dragon ball fighters so like uh blaze blue um and uh guilty gear um much more uh complicated but that doesn't mean that this isn't a a good game uh dragon ball fighters is actually a really good fighting game i'm enjoying it a lot um also still playing Habitica, <laughs> if you could call nice. that playing, yeah. uh, still doing that. Uh, we've lost a couple of folk. They have just sort of fallen off the habit tracking train, which is fine. Um, it's, it's, uh, a device wearing a, a bad game suit, <laughs> uh, intended to be used as a tool, um, and mm-hmm. many of the people who are still doing it are just doing it out of habit. Ha ha ha. ha, ha. Um. No, so <laughs>
1: I'm not giving you anything for that. <laughs> no, you're nope. not gonna give me nope. that one. No, that's too
0: bad. Um. So yeah, I mean, I'm I'm still doing it. I'm still having a good time with it. Uh, my guy looks like a Viking that got frozen in the ice, and he's riding a um a bear that fell through uh, the night sky, and he has a little fox made out of blue cotton candy it's yeah it's weird uh gotta do it to understand what the hell i'm talking about but um the people who are sticking around they're quite colorful characters if you look at their avatars it's just all kinds of insanity um and that's really i guess why you play now it's just to fancy (laughs) up your avatar um and you know track your life so still doing that and also still playing monster hunter world yeah um, I played it with the sound on for the first time. Uh, I would say a day or two ago, and I actually got to hear an Anginanth whimper as it fled from me in terror uh, because I beat it up so way bad. Do you go. How do you feel? And then it went, and then it went, and tried to go to sleep. Um, <laughs> and it got attacked by a bunch of little tiny lizards because it was weak. Um, I felt like a piece of garbage. <laughs> Um, for exactly four mm. seconds before I then decided that I had taken the time to beat him that hard. I should just finish the yeah. job. And then I did. And then I ripped his parts off because that's, that's how you make that's weapons. That's what you do. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, as one does when you play yeah. with the monster yeah. hunter, you hunt the monster and do horrible things with its parts. Um, it's, um... There was a wall. I hit a wall in that game. Um, you will hit monsters that are actually really difficult and because you don't recognize their movement patterns and their attack patterns, or just because you're not wearing the right gear or because you're just not fast enough or your character is getting tired because you haven't eaten the right meals before going out. Like there are so many factors. Um, They contribute to a successful or a not so successful hunt Um, the type of weapon that you're using can you even hit them if they're a flying creature you have to wait till they get on the ground or you have to try and scale something and hope they're not following you and then jump off and jump on them like um i've changed weapons like two or three times and now i'm set on dual blades which is the two blades a lot of people hate these weapons are, find them boring because they can't understand them. But I feel like a rad ass fucking ninja. <laughs> I just jump off walls and like do these crazy spiral attacks. And I'm, I'm really having a good time. Oh, I saw um, that
1: Warframe training you did.
0: Actually. Yeah. Uh, I would, I would uh, concur. <laughs> like War- Warframe definitely prepared me to be a ninja, um, in my mind. Mm-hmm. Uh, but, uh, yeah, I'm I'm still still having fun with Monster Hunter World, but there was like there there were a couple of days there I had some really poor luck and it was like my skill level just wasn't there, my equipment just wasn't there, yeah. and I wasn't doing the right build out and I was probably specced to the wrong element or whatever hmm. and it uh it didn't feel good. It <laughs> like I got I got spanked. I got spanked pretty hard by a number of different monsters and I was just it felt like I was stri- striking out, but then I just kept at it, and um, and the, like there's this accomplishment when you tackle a hard monster by yourself. Like there's this creature called Rathian, which is a pretty common creature in um, basically all of Monster Hunter, but also is sort of like uh, like it's a, it's a tough wyvern sort of creature, and it like poisons you and it can kill you over time if you take enough poison damage, stuff like that. So you have to be very careful about how you engage it, make sure you don't get stuck by its tail, um, make sure you don't fall into, like, a puddle of poison if it gets really upset, because it'll, like, just basically spew these little puddles all over the place. Um, and I had some trouble with Rathian. Um I actually encountered Rathian once when I was looking for another monster. My brother would, like, when I first started playing, and my brother was just like, okay, describe the monster that you're looking at, I'm trying to get to you. Um... And then he found the monster that I was looking for, and I was fighting what what is known as Rathian. And, like, this, like, it's a tough, it's an intermediate monster. It's a hard monster to fight. And, um, I basically went toe to toe with it and then fled. But I've since upgraded to, like, actually fighting it, and I can solo it on my own now, which is, uh, which is a big deal. Because at first, just soloing the T Rex felt like a big deal, but now this is the thing that eats the T Rex. Um,. And it feels good. Like, it feels good to, to be at that mm-hmm. point. So, I like it. Nice. There's progression, and you can see it, and you can feel yeah. it for that game. Like, you are, I, I can see that I'm learning how to play that game and how to get better.
1: That's a good thing, I think.
0: Yeah. I hope, well, also, <laughs> like, still still, some weird moments, like when the, the, the monster is running away, limping and crying, <laughs> like, like just, I'm a piece of garbage. I'm a piece of human garbage. <laughs> um but uh yeah. Yeah. Still love the game. It, it's it's <laughs> it's a lovely horrible yeah. game. Uh it's... it's like it's like watching Westworld. Why why are we even in the the place? <laughs> why are we there?
1: Oh All come right. on, it's uplifting.
0: Just let those robots run. Just let them do their thing. Let them kill themselves in that endless cycle. <sighs> Every day. That's,
1: well, yeah. Anyway,
0: <laughs> sorry. Um, so yeah, let's uh, let's let's bring this show That's to a sad. close. Uh, so I'm gonna say thank you for the audience for listening. Uh, we hope you are uh, that you've enjoyed yourselves. Um, for me, uh, one of the things that I want to plug, I'm getting into Westworld, and wow, that show is. Dark. Yeah,
1: and you're pissing off our new robot overlords. Way to go! Oh
0: man, it is dark in a big way. Uh, but it's like all the stuff that I love. Like it's it's uh, <laughs> it's like
1: it's it's, the most well. De- it, okay, so mm, for, no, for people who don't know, artificial it, intelligence. Yeah, it's about artificial. It's, it's about a theme park about the most depraved possible. <laughs> Well, yeah. Okay.
0: Okay. Mm. Mm Hmm. Hmm. Okay. I was talking, I was talking to Jamie about this and, um, the, the, I'm, I was like 30 minutes into the first episode and I was just like, Holy crap. Like this is some heavy stuff. This is some ugly stuff. Mm -hmm. (laughs) And then I sneezed and then, um, it was gross stuff. And then I was just like, I love robot stories because, any time the robot fucks up, it is a reflection of our own mistakes. Yeah. Like, mm-hmm. well, the only reason this thing doesn't work the way that it's supposed to, or the only reason reason that it's breaking is because of something that we've done or something that we're doing. Yeah. Um, and I would argue that the, the meta narrative that is not, really hidden at all and i mean i'm not at the end of the, the first season yet so i can't really mm. say for sure for sure but That'd like this park is breaking because it's filled with hedonistic assholes that are traumatizing <laughs> the slowly becoming aware robots like like as far as i can tell um and uh like that's not really a spoiler that's the premise it, of the show yeah. <laughs> the- like, the
1: exploration of transhumanism in Westworld is fantastic. Oh man, you oh, should. Yeah, so you'll good. you'll love where that season goes. Yeah,
0: I'm I'm very very excited, um, and like just coming off a weird sort of, uh, yeah, yeah mm, no, no <laughs> I don't want to, I don't want to, because I also caught up in Game of Thrones, so <laughs> like, so it's very different very different i don't
1: remember how that ended i'm sure it was happy no we're we're, no we can't i'm sure it was all. everything was always happy but yeah
0: Uh, westworld has been rocking my sci-fi filled mind so it's good yeah i've been digging it um aside from that i'd like to thank uh joe again for our art um uh, joe gotley so uh, you ever want to know what he does? Just uh, Google his name. He's got some pretty cool stuff out there. Uh, he's got a really good website. Just take a look at some of the things that he's done, um, or just look at our website. Hey, eh? that's uh, how's that for an advertisement. <laughs> look at them images. Um, and also, Dimitri who did our music. Uh, if you want to know more about Dimitri like he does, he does uh, chip tunes and uh, game music for a living. You can find him on Fiverr. And how to find him? You can just go to our website and look up our story about our theme song so Stu, was there anything you wanted to plug this week
1: um i think i kind of half did already so nothing else <laughs> okay okay well um let's thank greg for his email thank
0: you very much yeah. greg um good, good you job can keep keep writing yeah keep those up uh keep those up because it keeps us engaged. Um, yeah. And, uh, yeah, you know what, uh, I guess, I guess maybe that's it. So if uh, you, the listener, want to know more about learn from gaming podcast, we've got a website, which is <laughs> learn from gaming.com, uh, which I, uh, yeah, I'm not going to get into that here. Basically it's a security thing. Uh, <laughs> that uh, that's yeah uh, GoDaddy who is our supplier is just like hey you should get these security certificates or else Google isn't going to show it in a uh, web search and I'm just yeah. like okay yeah. so yeah uh, soon to be more secure our soon to be more secure website but until then it's www.learnfromgaming.com don't worry you're not going to get a virus unless you do um, <laughs> we also have we also have uh, social media stuff so we've got facebook uh we've got twitter um we are on itunes we are also on google sound which means you can find us all over the place which is really really nice so um yeah uh thank you as always for for showing up and Stu, do you want to say anything for clothes
1: um make more game rooms hooray make more game rooms and put a fucking helmet on your kit yeah yeah Bye.